Today on Multiverse News, we've got so much news from HBO Max. We got new shows coming out of DC, new shows coming out of Game of Thrones, uh, all kinds of universes getting new shows over there. Plus, uh, we've got uh, an insanely long deleted scene that we have recently learned about in Avengers Infinity War, and we're going to discuss some of the details of that. All that right for this. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Matthew Carroll, and today I have two of my fellow uh, Multiverse News heads over here. We have Haley Hobbs from the Source Pages podcast. How you doing, Haley? I'm great. Hello, Multiverse Worlds. <laughs> Hello, Mini Worlds. Um, and Jay Sisson. How you doing, Jay? Good. You know, multiverse news heads. Let's just keep running with that. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just say things and if they stick, they stick. But if you make fun of them yeah. like that, Jay, they're never going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> I think he sounded supportive. Or maybe it'll help it stick better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, it'll stick in like a facetious way where we're like, oh yeah, and multiverse news heads and I'll feel bad every time. I'm just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Starting tonight's show, we got a number of announcements coming from HBO Max's launch of its new rebranding. The streaming platform is using the absorption of Discovery Plus content to rebrand to just Max. New pricing tiers are also being released with different ad levels. Uh, what do you guys think of the change? As somebody with a communications background, I think it sucks. Oh, really? Uh, that's a really technical term. HBO is what the brand is known for. Like, that's a classic, really long-standing acronym for home box office. Everybody knows. So why are you taking the worst part of your streaming name and making it the exclusive streaming name? And Max can mean so many different things. It's not as recognizable as HBO. So I don't know what their thought was going into it, um, but I think it blows. <laughs> Interesting. What's you, Jay? During the presentation, there was such an identity crisis among like, what are we going to be? Like they did this whole segment about, and this is what we got for families. And this is what we got for reality TV. And this is what we got for like, what you know us for, gritty HBO and all this type of stuff. And it was just, you can tell that they're sort of feeling the pressure of all of the other streaming sites and there's being priced almost double the price of all of the other ones. They're kind of like, how are we going to meet that challenge of like, continuing to pump out new content, but bringing people up to that price point of like $15 a month, which is almost double what, you know, Disney plus and Netflix and everybody else is. So uh, to me, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, HBO, HBO max, it kind of reminded me of that scene in um, the social network where Justin Timberlake's characters like drop the, the just Facebook or whatever, <laughs> you know, just max. <laughs> Except it's worse. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll play like, uh, corporate devil's advocate here and just say like like I hear you guys I think this thing is known as HBO but I do think the HBO name pigeonholes them a little bit when you think about HBO Max when I go to HBO Max and I see like young Sheldon on there or whatever I'm like why is that here like what that this is a this is the gritty drama place you know like I don't feel like it should be in the same app almost but it is and and they've been ex they've been doing this expansion for a while trying to become more than just HBO 
Um, and I think the dropping to just max is like, I, I think, I think they think that they have reached a point in the marketplace of penetration that being called HBO max, they've reached their audience for HBO because I mean, at this point, a lot of people do subscribe. I think they're one of the bigger services at this point. And so maybe that's just time to be like, okay, we're bigger than that. We're not just HBO. And they, we've been, we've been saying HBO max for so many years that, I'll identify it. Like when I hear Max from now on, I'll know what that means. At least I'll always go, Oh, you mean HBO Max? That will be for a while. I'll be doing that. But like they've spent two or three years branding themselves as HBO Max. So now it's possible they could leave it behind. And Max does, you call it an identity crisis, Jay. But I think in a way, it's like they're just trying to broaden out their appeal, which is can be the death of some things for sure. But it also could be like a way of becoming the new Netflix, you know, something where like when you think of Netflix, there's not a specific kind of content you think about, you know, HBO has a very recognizable thing, but it's recognizable for us or specific things. And I think they want to be more broad. I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who loves trash reality TV, you know, you want to bring me some TLC and some Food Network and some HGTV, like bring it on. I'm all in for it. (laughs) Just let's broaden those horizons. Right. Is that all on the Discovery stuff? The whole TLC catalog, uh, the whole um, Food Network, um, the whole HGTV, like all the Discovery Plus documentaries, like all that stuff. And Discovery Plus is going to remain its own thing if you want to keep that. Um, But at this point, you might as well move over to HBO Max, which is what they're counting on because you have access to all that extra content. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I'm interested. I mean, I already pay for HBO Max. I don't know what their new tiers are going to look like, but if they keep me at a similar price point or even just a dollar or two more and I get all that other stuff, like I'm okay with it. Yeah, they are keeping you at the same price point. They go down. So if you want to drop to, I think it's ten ninety nine is the next one down. That's the ad-supported one. Mm. Um, and then I think there's, there is one that's higher. I think it's like $20, but it doesn't give you... Uh, any extra content, it basically just opens up some sort of like extra fancy HD option on a bunch of uh, certain titles. So like you can watch Lord of the Rings and, you know, Super HD with surround sound or something like that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, the announcement I'm personally most excited for this warm, this Warner thing is uh, the trailer for the Penguin series. Um, They dropped a trailer. Uh, It will be a spinoff of the Matt Reeves, the Batman uh, the series will see Colin Farrell return to the role he played in The Batman with an eight-episode run premiering in 2024. Audiences will watch the Penguin navigate the power vacuum left in the underworld of Gotham City. Are you guys excited for a television return to this universe? Absolutely. This was one of the best things DC's put out in such a long time. I loved The Batman. Mm. And so I'm and Colin Farrell was unrecognizable in that role, which is oh, super stellar uh makeup job and his acting of course was off the chain cuz he's Colin Farrell and so um really love that they're already spinning off that movie, already yep. making its own universe. How does that fit in overall? I don't think we care because it's so damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, really into the Reeves Batman universe. Um, I also love crime-based drama shows, so this kind of seems right up my alley. The cast, even past Colin Farrell, looks great. Uh, They've got people from The Sopranos and kind of like all of the properties that you'd expect kind of coming in to to star in this. Um, But I think... 
Colin Farrell, he has shown that he's more than capable of shouldering this franchise for a little bit until we get to the Batman 2. And so I'm kind of wondering, just as this universe is starting to shape up, I'm very intrigued, but I'm wondering and kind of curious, like, how is this going to have a connection to Batman himself? And then how is this going to, in a wider sense, have a connection to the Batman 2? Like, how is the stage going to be set going forward, where you have this city kind of evolving from this city of corruption to being the city of supervillains in kind of the post uh, Gotham of this disaster that took place in the Batman, which sort of probably affected the political and the power structure of the city and kind of seeing how that's being dealt with. We also know that at some point there is an Arkham Asylum a series in development set in this universe as well that'll come to max at some point. So you would expect that to kind of continue to grow a lot of these characters before they all come together on the big screen. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that vision just continue to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it seems like this version of the DC universe that we're getting, that's sort of just the Batman centric universe. Um, it seems like they started it strong with the Batman. I loved it. Um, for the most part, had my, had it had its problems in my opinion, but like I did really like the vibe they went for and overall what they did. The thing that excites me most is that it seems like they had a plan. And I remember this was already announced before the movie um, came out. So like they already had this plan. And so we're already seeing that hype train rolling for this series and keeping that universe alive. And that's something that, um, most of these universes don't do a good job of, of like just the introduction to the public of these properties is so important and feeling like there's a plan and a goal and a thing we're aiming towards is just really, really important. Um, for the experience of, of fans like us, you know, and then if us fans like us don't love it or don't like get on board, then you just lose your base of support, you know? And so I, I think it's really smart of them to have this already loaded up, already in production. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, like when in the, in the show, in the trailer for the show, you saw shots of the flooded Gotham city. Um, I doubt they reshot that or like, maybe they will, maybe they'll have that, throughout the whole first season or, or the series, or the series. Is this a, is this a limited series or is it a, uh, ongoing? Do we know? I think unknown right now. Okay. That's what I thought. I kind of doubt they're going to make that big of a set with a flooded city, but they probably smartly shot a little bit or just saved some footage from the Batman to use in this universe, you know, use, Oh, well this was going on and you just see a shot of the flooding outside. And that gives you this connection to this bigger universe is happening around you, you know? And not every, it's a way of like really saving on production costs and making the world feel connected, you know? Um, so I thought that was a really neat thing to see in the trailer. And just the tone of this trailer is so close to the tone of the Batman. It didn't feel less quality, which is hard to do on TV budgets, but HBO does it well. I'm sorry. Max does it well. Yeah, there you go. You'll get it eventually. Up <laughs> <laughs> next in the Warner Brothers announcement, uh, we had uh, revealed a new Game of Thrones prequel series is in the works, based on George R. R. Martin's series of novellas, The Dunk and Egg Books. The show is called A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, and it will follow the adventures of Sir Duncan the Tall 
an Aegon, is it Aegon 5? Is it Aegon V or Aegon 5 Targaryen? I took that out of Jay's notes, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay. I yanked it right out of the, the article because I don't know who any of these people are. I was just oh, like, shit. copy paste. <laughs> Jay and I are not the ones to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Aegon is a common Targaryen name, so I'm going to say that's Aegon the Fifth. Aegon the Fifth, probably. I'm that's assuming. what I thought when probably. I was talking about. Uh, but it, I would think it would say Aegon Targaryen the Fifth, but I guess directly from the article, we is, is, we don't know. Um, <laughs> 90 years prior to the events of Song of Ice and Fire. So who's feeling more visits to Westeros? I think a lot of people are. And I think what's really cool about these little offshoots from Game of Thrones is that they're they're even better than the original series from what you know the fan base seems to say. They mm. loved House of the Dragon, and they're maybe they learned from some of the mistakes of the final season of the show, and they're creating these really even more rich worlds for people to just dive into and continue to love on these characters that are super beloved to those fans. Yeah, the House of the Dragon shows that the franchise still has life, despite the way that it ended and just the whole just blow up among fans of how the ending of that story was handled and people swearing it off forever. That series and the success of the series has shown that there is life here and you can resurrect different parts of this universe and bring it to fans uh, in a way that they're going to accept. So I think you have to have an open mind if you're a fan of the of the franchise. Absolutely. You know, I don't know anything about uh, Duncan, Duncan the Tall, or Aegon <laughs> V Targaryen, uh, but <laughs> I, I think there is a lot of rich storytelling here, and I would say that, I mean, right now, pound for pound, like, uh, like if you had like batting averages or something, um, you've got a higher batting average for uh, House of the Dragon, but it, it's it's so hard to like say it's better, but it is more consistent right now. Uh, but a lot of that is because Game of Thrones ended so poorly. We all have this sort of bad taste in our mouth. Um, not all of us. Some people loved it, but most reasonable people didn't. Um, just kidding. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but no, uh, I, I think... Uh, I think you're right, and there's a lot to mine here. The one thing that's making me not want to do is go back and watch Game of Thrones because uh, I know that Ashley, uh, Ashley Coffin of the MCU cast and uh, uh, Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, uh, she she was talking about on MCU cast the other day that she was watching Game of Thrones and got spoiled for House of the Dragon because she found out how a character dies. Someone on the show told the story <laughs> of a person who was like, oh, back back when this Targaryen oh, died. No. It's like, that makes me never want to revisit that show because all of these are prequels um, and it, it you can get spoiled by rewatching the other show and it's, it's such a mm. bummer. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, Star Wars is doing that a ton, right? They've mm. they've always done the let's go back and fill in story gaps thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe because it's Star Wars and it was like done back in the 70s originally, that kind of thing doesn't bother you as much because you've seen it for however many years. But yeah, Game of Thrones is still pretty fresh. So if, mm -hmm. you, if you get spoiled, it's not as like, oh, well, aw shucks kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know I know I've told the story on the podcast before, but I don't know if I, I've never told you it, Haley, and I just love it so much. We were watching but when before Obi-Wan came out, I was watching all of or, or I was watching selected episodes of the Clone Wars and then uh all of the prequel movies in order trying to like just remember the full story of Obi-Wan. <laughs> and I I was sitting with my mom watching episode 3 and my mom is sitting there and she goes, wait, Anakin is Darth Vader? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so genuine. Yeah. So genuine. So, pure. <laughs> so genuine, so pure. It was such it was so funny cuz she's just like she and, and I should have set the story up better because she is a she has seen every Star Wars movie. Uh, maybe not the new the sequel trilogy, but she saw all the old she saw the original in theaters multiple times cuz my dad was obsessed with it. So she's mm-hmm. seen this story so much and should know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, and she did not know that at all. <laughs> Had no knowledge of it. It was so funny to me. That's hilarious. Up uh, next, we got a couple other series announced. Uh, horror and crime thriller fans uh, can look forward to two series from favorite franchises. Coming to Max, Peter Safran and James Wan of the Conjuring movies are helming a drama series set in the horror universe that audiences love. And Nick Pizzolatto's anthology series, True Detective, returns with Jodie Foster solving a bone-chilling mystery in True Detective Night Country, set in Alaska. Which of these series excites you guys more? I'm all in on the True Detective series. I mean, it's it's been kind of been a tale of multiple shows it's it started off really high the first season of true detective is one of my favorite viewing experiences i've ever had of any show it was Mm. the perfect water cooler show it really dominated a lot of cultural conversations at the time that it was on but it is an anthology series so that storyline ended with season one and then we just got done talking about how great colin farrell is but in his season of true detective it was just not my beat and I don't think it was anyone else's either because everybody pretty much hated it across the board so to kind of see the resurrection of True Detective I'm really open to giving it another chance to letting that it is an anthology series so you're getting a reset you're getting a new story and if it can recapture that magic of season one I'll be really excited for it but that's kind of been uh, aside from that with the conjuring you know I'm not a big conjuring guy i'm not really a big horror guy but to see that it seems like warner brothers very intent on expanding universes right like the conjuring Mm -hmm. we're getting a a universe the we just talked about game of thrones and and the penguin and all of that but they announced a bunch of other like smaller shows like they're a big bang theory spinoff and then we know Mm. about the whole harry potter thing like all this type of stuff it's about world building that seems to kind of be their main driving thing so i think you're just going to continue to see that it's this embracing of like how can we take these things from big screen, small screen, and then put them into these long drawn out series. You know, as a person who I've often talked about why I love the MCU and, you know, I've done the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast for so long. And one of the major reasons is I just love a connected universe. And when we saw this connected universe coming together way back then, we were like, we got to do a podcast about this. Um, when people do it well, but it is so often done poorly um, that it's 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 hard to know when all these announcements are happening. I want to be excited for all of them, but I know a lot of them will not understand what it takes to really build a universe. Um, I do think this James Wan. I, I I love True Detective, and Jodie Foster looks really great in in the new trailer. I'm really excited to see her return to those like. Uh, you know, detective. Uh, you know, she's a psychologist, detective lady in Silence of the Lambs, and it kind of. It, it, this was such a psychological show. It seems like such an interesting fit and a thing to be excited to see her do, uh, see her play again. Um, and and I, I like. Uh, I don't know. And some there's something about it's also taking a taking a minute away and taking like 
like it's taken a few years off of of being a show and so it's it there's just an excitement to see it come back i guess more so than if it had just like just done another season or whatever or continue i think taking a break i think was a good idea um but as for the james wan series i really I, we, we did the conjuring series for bingers assemble uh me and ashley and they are uh really they're really really great like it's it's a great series because it's about two paranormal detectives that are were apparently real people um and it's just like them fight. so it's like each of the cases is different it feels like a, it feels very much like a um x-files type thing each each story is separate so it's, to me it seems so set up for the world of like a series and going into like each of the cases and having each one be a different episode, you know, and just always having a great horror episode. But you have the through line of these characters that are like living their lives and going through things and having their relationship develop. And I just think, I think that does sound pretty compelling to me. Um, So I'm excited for that one. All right, moving on to other things Uh, in Marvel news, we learned that a 45 minute storyline of Thanos obtaining the power stone on Xandar was cut from the 2018 film Avengers Infinity War. Wanting to keep the already long movie as reasonable of runtime as possible. Uh, The scene did not uh, receive full special effects treatment, but does exist in some form. Who would like to get a look at this scene? Yes and no. I kind of liked the cold open we got in Infinity War a little bit where Thanos already has the Power Stone. You don't really have to use your imagination to figure out how he got it. And I think that they say that he basically decimated the planet in his attempt to get in. So, like, yeah, I would totally watch it. But 45 minutes? That's a long time. (laughs) I'm a squarely on team movies are too long now and uh, I don't want to sit in a theater for like two hours and 40 minutes. Like uh, even if it's something that I like and uh, you know, I don't need to see everything. Like I can fill in the gaps myself. Plus we are pretty sure based on reports that have come out that there is a Nova series or special presentation or something in development uh, for Disney plus, or I don't think it'll be on the big screen, but I would imagine that that story, when it finally gets confirmed and comes out, it will fill in a lot of those gaps. I wouldn't even be surprised if you get to see not these particular shots. I mean, those are gone. But if you get to see just that type of scene playing out in that series, I would imagine that that will play into the building of that character at some point. So Mm -hmm. I think leaving that open and then allowing the universe to go back to that at some point and explore it from that perspective and building up a new character, that's probably a better move than just kind of being like, here's Josh Brolin and he's got Thanos's head and it's not done, but like, this is what would have happened, you know, or something like that. Or making me sit in the theater for three hours, which is something I don't want to do either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think, I think definitely it's a smart thing. They didn't put this in the uh, movie. Cause I think it would have made the movie feel overlong and would have taken too much focus off of the main characters. But here's the happy medium I would love to see. Just like I talked about with the Batman and the penguin where you get like uh, that shot, you, some shots that you might not be able to afford for a series, but if you already shot them for a big Xandar sequence and then you start a Nova show and suddenly you're able to use Josh Brolin, you know what I mean? Like, like Josh Brolin has already done an attack on Xandar. So you get to see him coming in as Thanos to do that because you already shot it five years ago. And then you like start a Nova series off 
and you just already have the footage and redo whatever you need to do with special effects, but like get those moments um, that are big budgets you couldn't uh, maybe afford to use otherwise. I think there's just like a lot of cool things that could come from this existing, and I love the connection with Nova. I would love to see that happen. There's actually a book called um, Titan Consumed, which is basically Thanos' origin story, and it is canon because it leads right into Infinity War, essentially. And so, like Jay was saying, that could totally be something they pick up in this Novacore story, mm. um, and we could get some of those elements still. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I still don't need it. And I think, too, it's, it was a Power Stone, so everything he gets after that is kind of a come down <laughs> because it's the most powerful stone in mm. terms of, like, brute force, right? So maybe that's another reason why they cut it. Yeah, it'll make sense, too, from just a perspective of if you're trying to sell this Nova show and you're trying to kind of put this out there as something that you need to see, the Thanos of it all. I mean, Thanos hasn't been on our, our big screen for years at this point, and by the time that this thing happens, uh, he'll be even further removed from that. So I think kind of bringing back that core audience, I think as the universe expands and the shows happen and the movies happen, you do start to lose some of those people that were in the theater for the Infinity War and the end game and the big event stuff. And I think kind of being like, hey, it's Thanos again. Like, uh, you know, it does bring people back in. Like, uh, how is he connected? I thought he was gone. Oh, it's an origin story. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sign up for that. So um, I, I think just holding that back and bringing that back in some form like uh, i i think that's almost just assumed that that will happen at some point with with whatever happens with nova yeah i think so too up next fans of the walking dead are set to get a new show as well with a six-part short form story series being produced by amc plus following the footsteps of similar offshoots before it the walking dead rick and michonne will premiere in 2024 on amc and amc plus is there still enough juice for the Walking Dead franchise to keep plugging along? Now, Jay, you said you'd watch some Walking Dead. Uh, what do you think yeah. of this? Uh, that, I, you said it's been a while? Yeah, I was... I was with everybody, you know, when we watched it. I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. here sometime around 2012, 2013, like right in that in that area. People, Everybody was watching it. It was uh, just... Uh, the topic of conversation on Monday morning. It was uh, it was beating out Sunday night football games for viewership. I mean, it was the biggest show in the world mm-hmm. uh, when it was on. And then I think I kind of did what a lot of people did is that as the show started to draw out and the storylines got dragged out really far and pulled out and we're going to fight the governor this week, it's going to happen. And then like four weeks later, it would finally happen. I think people just started to kind of slowly fall off. And I was in that group and I, I loved the show when it was on. It, it came to me at a time where I was really busy with work and it was like something I got to look forward to on the weekend to just kind of like bring down a little bit, you know? And so uh, it, it holds a special place in my heart. I, I liked it while it was on, but it's just, as time went on, I just, I think I did what a lot of people did. Uh, now that doesn't mean I'm not willing to give it a chance again. I think what I've heard from people who watch it, maybe you can speak more to this is like, if they stuck with it, they feel like they it's paid off. The show has gotten a lot better as it started to kind of round out into its finale here. Uh, and that's can explain why a lot of these offshoots are happening. But I think convincing people who fell off like me, which it was a lot of people uh, right in that season, that's going to be a hard sell. It's going to be hard to bring people back to this franchise. I think who fell off from that buildup. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but if anything can do it, 
and I don't know that anything can. I almost said let's scrap this because I read half the story and I was like, oh man, a six like a, a six part like short form series. They've done a lot of these. Um, the short form series, like uh, online only, like six episodes, and they never matter. And they're always just sort of this like, okay, it's fine, but I want to get back to the characters I care about. But then I read the title, and it's The Walking Dead, Rick and Michonne. The, the one thing that could bring people back is the character of Rick and getting some more time with Rick. Because uh, for those of you who didn't know, he left the series three or four years ago, and there's been a lot of talk about how he'd return because uh, supposedly he will return in some form, but like th- there's a th- there was there was talk of some movies, and those were turned into series, I believe. Um, and I don't know what the status of those are right now, but it sounds like this might be a lot of times these six episode like short form series are lead ins to other series. So if we find to find out what's been going on with Rick before a series drops with him um, on on a on a ongoing series, I think there could be some people who come back for that just because of Rick, because he's the heart of the series. And so to lose him was it was a lot. Yeah, there's other confirmed series too. Mm. There's a Maggie and Negan spinoff series that's happening that's after the so finale, I believe. And I also believe that there's a Daryl Dixon spinoff series really? with Norman Reedus happening too. And all these are confirmed. So they're definitely doubling down on expanding the universe after the core show ends. Are, are they? It's just... Are they though? <laughs> Is it really expanding the, the the show when you're still focusing on your characters from season two? You know what I mean? True. Like, yeah. I, true. I, I love this uh they did fear the walking dead which was like almost an entirely new cast and i really liked what they were trying to do there it didn't land as well as they'd hoped but um i liked what they were trying to do just like, really start a whole different thing um but the, the, my biggest problem with the walking dead is that they never intro they never built up other characters other than your like season one and season two characters you still season eight season nine you're still just following the same four people or five six people however many are left and every time you start seeing someone get some character development it means they're going to kill them like almost episode like you can almost track an episode and be like oh they're they're showing some character development for this guy he's a goner it's like it's just like <laughs> it's so it's it's cheap fuel for the running of a show they needed to like really establish other characters that were going to stick around and the show could be about and they they kind of didn't do that well and i think like, that's been the problem but I still love those characters, and I and I haven't seen the last two seasons, I think, but I, I plan to go back and finish it at some point. Yeah, and that's why it's such a hard sell. Like for someone like me who fell off a lot earlier than mm-hmm. you, is like to convince me to come back to this franchise. You have to convince me to go back and watch a bunch of stuff that I watched, which I liked mostly, mm-hmm. but then I didn't like at some point. And then you got to convince me to stick around for like four more seasons yeah. past that and rewatch all that. And I think for a lot of viewers, that's just really intimidating to right. think about. Like, can I just jump into this series? Like, maybe. But like, if I have to go watch eight seasons, like that's a really hard sell right and it it's it's four more seasons of a show that you know a lot of people don't like those four seasons like you know it's like come right. come on you come on back man come back for all these seasons <laughs> that other people have been telling you how bad it's been um <laughs> you know it's 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 rough okay let's move on uh Haley's sitting quietly because she doesn't care about the walking dead and so <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> never have never will <laughs> 
All right. Up. Uh, uh, last story. Last main story we have is a new animated series from DC is set to premiere in 2024 as the first entry to the DC universe, helmed by Peter Safran and James Gunn, featuring voice actor extraordinaire Alan Tudyk, David Harbour, uh, Indira Varma, and Frank Grillo. The series, called Creature Commandos, will update the original comics characters who were a precursor to the Suicide Squad set during World War II, but still stay true to those storylines and themes. What does this tell us about Gunn's DCU? I don't think it tells us anything new, but definitely confirms that we're going to reach into their multitude of characters for some really obscure mm-hmm. ones. And <laughs> I think that James Gunn loves doing that. Obviously, look at what he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So yeah. I think this sounds really fun. Um, DC is very well known for the quality of their animation. Their animation usually far surpasses their live action stuff. Um, and if you don't believe me, you should go watch some of it because it's true. And so I'm excited <laughs> for this. And I think we can expect it to be wacky and probably a little brutal and uh, the voice cast they have, it's way longer than who we named, and it sounds amazing. So let's bring on the weird. Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn is an absolute machine because he wrote every episode of this. He wrote Superman Legacy, which is starting production basically right now. He's writing the Batman introduction in the DCU. Like, he's just writing everything. <laughs> he's like the creative mind behind the whole universe. And I think if you're into his films like Guardians, if you're into Peacemaker, if you're into The Suicide Squad, I think you just have to trust his vision. He's a brilliant content creator. He's a brilliant brilliant creative mind and um you know his his vision is going to be very him and this show to me just screams james gunn this seems like a place where he can really be himself and he can pull out the kind of james gunn type jokes and uh world exploration that he's famous for yeah the thing that shocked me about this announcement was that um it was the first entry into his universe like Having the, they're not kicking off with a Batman movie. They're not kicking off with a Superman movie. Not even with a Suicide Squad, which is already kind of established now with his sequel. I'll caveat that it's the first thing that he and Saffron will have fully been in control of. Right. Because technically, the Flash and Blue Beetle are DCU. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. But they're also DCEU, or at least uh, if the Flash is. It's, part of it, we'll is, part of all of this is we don't know what's going to happen to Flash, and the point of Flashpoint, yeah. which is based on, is that to rewrite the universe. Right. So I have a feeling we're going to get a rewritten universe, and that will be the DCU, if I had to guess, using yeah. multiverse shenanigans to get us to a new universe, not just starting fresh. But it's just interesting to me that this is going to be the first series he's going to bring out. Like it's just, it's just a weird and specific, and it is what he's great at, which is like taking characters that no one really cares about and making them big deals. I think he really wants to set the tone for his creative content in this massively enjoyed universe of DC. And I think this is his kind of content, exactly like you're saying. And yeah, he's writing a Superman movie and that's going to be huge, I'm sure. But this is totally going to be the stage for get ready for all this wackiness that's Mm -hmm. coming out of his writing room because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, it was much talked about last week. Uh, we did a lightning round. And so, or two weeks ago, we did this lightning round. But over that week, I got a lot of messages saying people like the lightning round. So we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Um, 
All right, lightning round. The way this works is if you would like to be the single person to answer a certain story, yell out your name, first come, first serve, as it were. And if you'd like to take a response, you get one response. If you miss it, you miss it. Marina Bachrin and Stefan Kapisic have joined the cast of Deadpool 3 and will reprise their roles as Vanessa and Colossus. Haley. Um, so I am famously not a big Deadpool movie fan because I don't like Ryan Reynolds, but I have seen them. <laughs> and I do love the character of Colossus. He's such a dick and it's really funny. And uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. How do we bring Vanessa back? Probably in a flashback, right? Because she's... Yeah. But uh, I do like this. I think this this brings back two fan favorite characters for these movies. So I'm looking forward to that. Or another... I'm not supposed to talk. Okay, I'm using my one response. <laughs> or... <laughs> they could be using uh, <laughs> Matt. Uh, sorry, uh, or they could be using um, her, her, the the multiverse. Like you know, this whole story of could Deadpool be. has I been about him finding love. Our, yeah. yeah. What if Vanessa, a version of Vanessa, exists in the multiverse, and like he's after that? You know, it's the it's the reverse of the Kingpin story from uh, they're, they're both Vanessa. Um, <laughs> it's another Marvel movie where someone's chasing a Vanessa through the multiverse, um, <laughs> trying to find uh, that. Anyway, I, I, I think yeah, it, you, you could totally see that, and I think like the answer would be like he finally gets there, but it's not his Vanessa, and he still yeah. has to like relive that sort of like, <laughs> like like he finds Vanessa, but she's just nowhere near as cool. We don't want to cheapen the love for his Vanessa either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Up next, Michelle Yeoh will reprise her role as Philippa Giorgio. In Star Trek Section 31, a movie for uh, Paramount Plus. Matt, anything Star Trek, I'm going to jump in on. Um, and <laughs> this is exciting. I almost didn't, you know, the reason it's in the lightning round and I didn't make everybody talk about it for five minutes is because it's, uh, we've, no, we've known about a Section 31 show coming with Michelle Yeoh, but the big, it's been in the works for three years, but then she's been like off doing everything ever all at once and then winning Oscars. So it was like this real question if she was going to be able to do it at all. And it looks like, and, and there's been a lot of questions like, will she want to come to a Star Trek series now that she's already an Oscar winner? Um, and I guess the answer is no, but she's sticking with the plan and they're going to do a section 31 movie, which for those of you who don't know Section 31, Section 31 was a clandestine organization inside of Star Trek that sort of like works for, they're like the CIA of Star Trek. They're like working for the Federation, but not by the rules. And it's sort of like this gray area um, and gets pretty dark sometimes. So it sounds like a lot of fun. And no one wants to respond to a Star Trek story? Fine. I mean, my response is that Michelle Yeoh is a <laughs> goddess and she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> I would just be talking to talk. Is this supposed to be a lightning round? I don't I know. know. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek. No, I'm, just, I'm just teasing that no one likes Star Trek as much as me. trying to play by the rules. <laughs> I'm excited. I know. Okay. I, I know. I know. I, I just like, the, it's not somebody might want to spend their one response on a Star Trek story. But no, um, <laughs> the uh, the thing that excites me, uh, the thing the reason I'm so Star Trek excited is while we're recording this, we are a mere four hours away from the series finale of Picard, and I am really excited. Like, last week was amazing, and this is very exciting. Okay, next in the lightning round, we have Mia Goth, who starred in the horror films X and Pearl last year, was has joined the cast of Marvel's Blade in an unknown role. Jay. 
um, what the heck? Why are we adding cast members a month before filming? <laughs> like, what is going on with this movie? Like, they're literally filming this movie in a month, and and Mia Goth is a is a big get. Like, she's a she's on the rise. Like, her performances in those two movies were kind of crazy. Like, if you've ever seen like scenes from from those movies, she's a great actress, and uh, she's up and coming in Hollywood. So to grab her for this film this close, I mean, it's uh, it's just uh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with this film. Mm. All right. And lastly, in the lightning round, a Galaxy Quest series is in development for Paramount+. Plus. It is not known at this time if it will be a reboot or a continuation of the original 1999 film. Haley, I love Galaxy Quest. I'm so happy with this news. That movie is everything, except we'll be missing Alan Rickman, which totally sucks mm-hmm. because he's obviously one of the best parts of that movie. But, you know, I'm sure they'll do something that pays him homage and respect. And otherwise, I can't wait. I've watched that movie more times than I care to say. That's why I don't think it'll be a reboot is because of the Alan Rickman kind of thing is like rebooting it. I don't know if it necessarily translates the same way now as it would in 99. It kind of makes sense to sort of just continue the story, but just in a fresh kind of feel for the modern time, but still in that same continuation of what happened in the first film. And I'm going to hold my tongue because it's the lightning round and it's the rules. Look at you. I hate the lightning round. <laughs> you made the rules up. <laughs> I know. All we right. have to give the people what they want. Yeah, they liked it. <laughs> That's show business. People like rules, man. What can I say? All right, guys. That is uh, Multiverse News for the day. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back soon. Jay, tell us about your podcast. Uh, I am a co-host of Commute the Podcast, which is a weekly show that comes out on Mondays. It's educational. You get to learn something cool on your way to work. It's like 20 minutes long. Uh, We don't take too much of your time, and we try to teach you three interesting things. So come hang out with uh, Commute the Podcast every Monday morning. Awesome. And Haley. And I'm a co-host of Source Pages, and we read novels and comics as primers for all the geeky TV shows and movies that we love. And we just dropped our first Guardians episode today so check out we're gonna be guardi- doing guardians coverage all month long but oh i meant to mention before we leave uh, each week i've been putting a poll on spotify because uh we're being hosted this show's being hosted on spotify so you well, each week on spotify there if you use spotify to listen there's a little poll and i just wanted to give the results but jay's day you got those pulled up yeah, the first episode that we did a few weeks ago, we asked the question, is it time for Lord of the Rings to be remade? And uh, out of 19 votes, 63% of you say no. <laughs> All right, so, very unpopular. Uh, in the second episode we did, we asked the question, which of the week's trailers are you most excited for between Blue Beetle, Across the Spider-Verse, and Secret Invasion? And in 21 votes, we have a tie. Across Ooh. the Spider-Verse and Secret Invasion, both at 43%. Mm, that makes and sense. finally, last week, we asked the question, which Star Wars movie announcement are you most excited for between the biblical epic The Return of Rey and the Ahsoka slash Boba slash Mandalorian team-up? And again, we had another tie what? between The Return of Rey and the Ahsoka Boba Mando team-up. So wow. we need some we need some tiebreakers out there. You guys need to get involved. <laughs> yeah, so at, when this goes up, we'll have a poll. I, I don't even know what the poll is yet, but we'll figure it out. And, uh, you know... Answer the poll on Spotify. Do you think Max is a terrible rebrand? <laughs> you do. <laughs> do you hate Ryan Reynolds like Haley? <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> is it The Walking Dead? Ninety-nine percent no. <laughs> Listen, we, we can't give we can't give Haley uh, power over the uh, things that'll just be like. Do you agree with my specific opinions? <laughs>
I know I'm an island. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an island. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be back soon, guys. Peace. Stay classy, multiverse. I had to do it for Scotty. Yeah.